The final duel of the fates is here. The duel of the fates, Royale with cheese, 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 doodles. Alright, before we get to the fighting category, we have some unfinished business from episode one, from the first two rounds. Some really big unfinished business. And as I look over the list of worthy combatants, I realize that any one of them could be the champion. Each with strengths that could easily overcome the others, and frankly, I just don't see how you could win in this scenario. But I studied under the great philosopher James Tiberius Kirk and have come to embrace his theory of... I don't believe in the no-win scenario. So following in his footsteps, I've changed the rules. For my champion, I've chosen Jack Mangan and his deadpan podcast. I don't like to lose. So let's go to the first category, shall we? Most Iconic. iconic. So I thought for this one we should go old school. Get back to the roots of what an icon is. According to Dictionary.com, an icon is a person or thing regarded as a symbol of a community or cultural movement. Well, what says Deadpan more than Jack Mangan's Deadpan podcast? I mean, it's right there in the name, for heaven's sake. Name one other person who is synonymous with the Deadpan movement. You can't. At least, we can't hear you, because this is a one-way communication. But if we could, then you wouldn't be able to. I've been getting into astronomy, so I installed a skylight. People live above me are furious. Well, except for him. But when was the last time he did anything? Hmm? Yes, Deadpan and Jack Mangan are thought of in the same way as chocolate and peanut butter. Smokey and the Bandit. Paris Hilton and sex tapes. Ramalamalama, shabab Yes, there are some heavy hitters on the official list. Neil deGrasse Tyson, for instance. Sure, you can't mention modern pop geek science without thinking of him, but even he would admit that he's just a reboot of the original star stuff guru, Carl Sagan. We find that we live on an insignificant planet of a humdrum star lost in a galaxy tucked away in some forgotten corner of a universe in which there are far more galaxies than people. Pitfall Harry, please. It's ready! I found the way to the gold. Pitfall by Activision. Quick to the Atari video computer system. He's lucky if the video gaming community includes him in their top 20 old school list. General Lee, Millennium Falcon. Here we have two, two, two icons rolled into one. And while each is a bit of an icon in its own milieu, it took the deadpan podcast to fuse them into the mutant crossover icon that it has become. Yet, when you think of the General Lee, Millennium Falcon, what you think of is where it was conceived. Jack Mangan's deadpan podcast. Iron Man? Sure, everyone's heard of him. But what community does he represent? The Drunk 2%? Abusive Bosses United. Iron Workers Local 464? How about Smurfette? 
representing Saturday morning cartoons? Hardly. With heavy hitters like Bugs Bunny, Scooby-Doo, Transformers, and He-Man, she'd be way in the back of the line. She doesn't even rank as an icon in the furry community. Cthulhu? Please. He's so 1928. The only community he represents are poseurs who drop his name to pretend to be well-read. Heck, he didn't even get picked up for the second printing of Dungeons and Dragons, Deities and Demigods. No, as icons go, there just isn't anyone on the list who comes close to representing a community the way Jack Mangan's Deadpan podcast does. Some really big things unfinished business. Uh, hello, Deadpan. This is Eric. My associate Ivo Fermat arranged to have a cross-faced snowball temporarily installed at the Gobbler here so I could lobby for mush. And who did I find skulking around but this weasel fucking assassin? Fuck you, Eric. If that is even your real name, I'm a goddamn marmot. What is it with you people? And I'm an assassin recruiter. I don't kill people. Nice fucking hair splitting. You're just lucky I'm out of corporeal phase with that world or I'd make a hat out of you. I'd like to see you try. What the fuck do you mean by lobby for mush, anyway? It's the duel of the fates royale with cheese at the deadpan. I'm a huge fan. Have been ever since you sent Jack Mangan to try to kill Ivo. It was a valid attempt. We never signed to those conventions. I ought to ring you little... <sighs> Anyways, I want to see mush win. Mush? Why the fuck? Look... Around the deadpan. I've been in the deadpan and I've had the mush. Crazy fucking cook kept telling me to climb into his spoon. Sound familiar? Perhaps he got his fragile mind twisted by one of your creations, a certain Mankato happy shit? Please, don't remind me. We do what we have to, to maintain control. That chest statue, well... That there is some fucked up shit, Bri-Bri. Watch who you're calling Bri-Bri. Ugh, look. At the deadpan, mush is an iconic staple on the menu. I just don't see it. Love prowess. Hello? Who is putting the sexy back in podcasting? Is it Arthur Dent? I think not. Oh, baby. Mm. You're listening to Jack Mangan's deadpan. He's bringing sexy back. Oh, sure. Daisy Duke knows how to work a pair of cutoffs. Landau Calrussian rocks a cape in a way that makes both teams swoon. Smurfette works in blue like no one else. And no one emerges from a steamy shower stall wearing just a piece of torn T-shirt and huge hair like Kelly LeBrock. So... What would you little maniacs like to do first? But in the end, Daisy's just a tease. Landau abandons you at the first sign of trouble. Smurfette is faking it. And Kelly, oh, have you seen... Don't. No, don't. Go look for them. Because you can never, ever undo that. Jack, though, like a fine wine, just keeps getting smoother with time. He's sincere, has your back, and gives it up every single episode. For free, no less. And have you seen him in a cape? Frankly, when it comes to love prowess, you can be sure that Jack...
Love prowess. While it seems fucking foolish to ask love prowess for an inanimate object, I hold that a dish this nice can only show forth the love of its maker to the one lucky enough to consume it. Are you totally fucking deranged? Lightning yellow gravy mush on Cronhawk is produced using the vitreous humor from the eyes of that same Cronhawk as a vegan eye. Vegan! You hire contract killers. Technically, I trick innocents at loose ends into becoming assassins. But irregardless, I've never killed. In any case, I meant this world's cornmeal mush. And irregardless isn't a word, you fucking rodent. Knew a girl named Smurfette. I guess you could say she was a Smurfette. I could not resist when the saw little Smurfette cried. If you only smurf hard enough. Alright, the duel of the fates, Royale with Cheese Doodle, Category 3, Who Would Win in a Fight? And don't think too hard about the parameters of the fight uh, and other science facts. This could just be their fighting prowess, their ability in one-on-one fighting, their ability in a brawl, whatever works. Whatever works for the moment. Alright, let's go through the characters and see. The Origami Unicorn from Blade Runner. Think an Origami Unicorn isn't much of an opponent in physical combat? Well then, tough guy, what would you do if that unicorn returned with an army of matchstick men, a navy of origami paper boats, and a fleet of paper airplanes? Well, well, yes, you'd light one of the matchstick men and burn the rest with ease. Yeah. Mush. Who'd win in a fight? Mush, of course. The blob. Mush. Mush wins because it will suffocate and overwhelm any opponent. Come on. I mean, the only thing that could defeat Mush is probably a freeze ray, and still, then you get frozen Mush, which is like a slushy, and people love slushies. You go to Dairy Queen for blizzards and slushies and so on, so Mush will never stop. Mush will win when it's absolute zero, because everything else is frozen along with Mush. Who would win in a fight? Well, when someone beats you up, your face will often look like Mush. But, going one step further, do you really want Mush fighting you? I mean, seriously, yuck. Who would win in a fight? Okay, now I am talking lightning yellow gravy mush. While I find it a part of a nutritionally balanced breakfast, the fact is it makes a fine weapon against those not biologically tuned for it. It's fucking caustic. Exactly. And if you use a cronhawk haunch as a club, game over, man. You are listening to Jack Mangan's Deadpan Podcast. Deadpan is a motherfucking wee. All rocks destroyed in the making of this bumper deserved it. The Gremlin on the Wing. 
I am down to my last nerve. If any of these assholes messes with me, I am ripping the entire plane in half. Chicken scissors. Oh, God. Huey Lewis. He's not much by himself, sure. But wait until he assembles with the news to form Voltron. With the greasy sunglasses guy as the groin. Form. Voltron. Sax. We gotta form deadpan. Activate pod taint. Comment board connected. Deadpanites up. Mangan thrusters are go. Let's go, Deadpan Force. Form contents of my fridge. Form spherical Tommy. Spherical Tommy. Spherical Tommy. Form interviews with amazingly cool people. Form dumbass memories. Form highbrow, lowbrow. And I'll form the head. Yeah. Dan! Krista Now of Southland Tales. Well, I don't know how she'd do in combat. But this role did mostly kill Sarah Michelle Jeller's career. Buffy, however, will stake a bitch. Smurfette. They're so... Needed to be the episode where Smurfette reached her boiling point, donned a chainmail bikini, made a helmet of Azriel's skull, and led an army of Smurfs to settle all the scores. Skeletor, Venger, Cobra Commander, Megatron, Yosemite Sam, Swiper, and of course, Gargamel. All of their heads and bones hollowed out afterward and forged together to form her dread Smurfette castle. Gandalf the Gay. Go ahead. Call him your favorite gay slur. Who'd win in a fight? Ask the Balrog. Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Hmm. He's not so impressive after we've heard that Stephen Hawking kicked his ass. Hell. Damnation. Cthulhu. Okay, I know he's an elder god destined to enslave humanity. But... If you read the story and watch the film, he was defeated by a poke in the tummy from the prow of a pre-industrial era ship. (laughs) Clyde from Pac-Man. Day 11. I live for the sound of the kill. Van's crap joke of the day. This joke could definitely be valuable in a war. Are you kidding? It was obvious that this joke was lethal. It was not long before the army became interested in the military potential of the killer joke. Under top security, the joke was hurried to a meeting of Allied commanders at the Ministry of War. Pitfall Harry. Pitfall Harry is severely injured when he touches a stationary log. He's unarmed, unlike Jungle Hunt Jerry. The only thing he can do in a fight is jump over you and run to the next screen. The Chamberlain Skeksis. A Skeksis looks almost exactly like an elderly velociraptor with an eating disorder. A Joan Riversaurus, if you will. Not very intimidating. However, if they bring their army of terrifying giant beetle things into it. Yeah, even Cthulhu would be saying, whoa, whoa, isn't this a bit too terrifying for a Muppet movie? 
The Santa Thing. Another creature that looks like a Velociraptor hybrid. Just remove the Kate Moss parts and combine them with Santa Claus instead. A trained elf, armed with a Yule gun, couldn't bring him down. When the Santa thing is done, not a creature will be stirring. Not even a mouse. No, no, wait. I have another Santa thing joke for the fight category. Stolen from the first recorded live-action Duel of the Fates. Whereas Santa Claus will put coal in your stocking, the Santa thing will put a stocking in your colon. There, much better. The Barbarian Tribal Leader. Real name, Blood Slim Fast Knucklefucker. Ash from the Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Like my manager in the S-Smart Pharmacy section always used to say, never fuck with a super old lady writing a check. And never fuck with a guy holding a boomstick and a chainsaw hand. Whoa, that's a handshake you got there, Ed. <laughs> Iron Man. Yes, he kicks ass to an ACDC soundtrack. But let's not forget that he was one-upped in his own suit by Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes, Gwyneth Paltrow, co-star of Huey Lewis in the sugary shit film Duets. Yeah, her ass-kicking soundtrack is not nearly as inspiring. The General Lee Millennium Falcon. Roscoe and Enos in TIE Fighters? Let's hear more from Ed from Texas. Who would win in a fight? Well, if something's going to beat the Millennium Lee, it's got to be able to destroy it. And that's going to be tough. Let's look at the DNA of our hybrid. The General Lee managed to find every broken bridge, big truck, and pile of dirt in Hazard County and jump it. Every time, landing without taking so much as a scratch or a dent, I think it's safe to say that this car is made out of adamantium. Combine this with the Millennium Falcon, a ship so powerful, not even its creator, George Lucas, could manage to kill it off the way he planned in Return of the Jedi. The Millennium Lee is going to be one tough customer. But let's face it, when this ship comes barreling down on someone and unleashes its greatest weapon, anybody is just going to curl up in a ball cover their ears, and start crying. You can't beat that. Adrian's Med. The others in DOTF, RWCD, would tremble in their boots if this contestant team-up were to occur. What wears Jeff Conway's hand-me-down T-Bird's leather jacket has perfect poofy 80s hair, a cheesy 80s smirk, is lumpy yet runny and utterly devoid of flavor, Zamush. <laughs> Kelly LeBrock from Weird Science. I can be a real serious bitch. 
if I don't get what I want. Tell me. As a combat programmer in her spherical, tell me would kick ass versus the following other contestants. Iron Man, Clyde from the Pac-Man machine, Pitfall Harry on his Atari 2600, the General Lee Millennium Falcon, possibly Kelly LeBrock from Weird Science, and that's about it. The Origami Unicorn from Blade Runner. Oh wait, we already did this one first. Round three. Who'd win in a fight? I'm assuming all of these characters are in one massive melee fight, with no holds, weapons, or powers barred. Given this scenario, I imagine that the last five fighters standing would be Cthulhu, the Santa Thing, Gandalf the Gay, Iron Man, and... the Chicken Scissors. Assuming, of course, that they were either independently sentient and mobile, or under the control of the orbital. The Santa Thing and the Chicken Scissors presumably don't have souls to be devoured by the Great Old One, but they're still small enough to be crushed in his massive claws. I'm going to have to say Cthulhuf Tagen, and give the victory in this round to the Elder God. Who would win in a fight? This one's easy. As we all know, Jack Mangan is a lover, not a fighter. That being said, he is also quite clever and rumored to be smarter than your average bear. So in a rumble-type situation, Jack would step to the back of the swaggering crowd and launch a campaign of misdirection that would have everyone else eliminating each other. Hey, Arthur. I hear Daisy is absolutely hot for you. But, you know, she really likes funny guys. Here, go read her Van's crap joke of the day. Sexist? No, no. I, I maybe a little. But she really likes that. Whoa, Jules Winfield. Hey, you know, I don't want to talk out of turn, but did you hear what that barbarian tribal leader was saying about you? It ain't like this that's gonna bring this situation to a head, man! I know, it's really disrespectful. Wrong. This doesn't just happen. Exactly. Maybe you should go have a talk with him. Say, Huey. Ash over there is talking about how you're just a Springsteen wannabe, and he bet ten bucks you couldn't even say Klaatu Barada Nikto to him three times without screwing it up. You should go over and get right in his face and show him. Show him who's the boss. No, that's not a 12-gauge. It's just a cane. Really, the biggest challenge would be Neil deGrasse Tyson. However, his massive intellect could easily be thwarted by using his own unstoppable quest for knowledge. Hey, Neil. Cthulhu over there is wanting to discuss the secrets of the universe with anyone who's interested, but no one will take him up on it. Why don't you go offer to let him pick your brain? In the end, all the other challengers are busy destroying one another while Jack slips out for a beer. Winner, Jack Mangan and his Deadpan Podcast. There you go. The who would win in a fight category. Mm, I'm going to have to think about this one. It was very tight. I'll come back with the answer after these voicemails. These are non-Duel of the Fates related voicemails. or, or One of them is actually feedback, but they're still not officially part of the, uh, of the duels. 
They won't affect the outcome. After that, we'll come back with our verdict on who we felt like won the fight category. And then we'll throw in some music and we'll close out this episode. And somehow, since this is episode number 287, we will fit two episodes worth of content into one official episode. By the time you hear this, then the method will be apparent to you. But as of this recording, I'm still not sure. I'm still mulling a few different ideas. Anyway, on to the voicemails. Hey, Jack. It's Lejean from Chandler, and I was, uh, I've been remiss in calling and leaving voicemails and content and stuff. And, well, you know, like you've been saying lately, it's largely due to the fact that life has gotten in the way and we've all found ourselves extremely busy. Um, I wanted to call before you got too gross and say how much I've enjoyed the podcast and I'm going to miss uh, hearing it regular. Uh, I do look forward to finding out what happens with the Duel of the Fates and... Uh, hope to see you in real life as often as possible, if that's possible. Take care, man. It's been a great run. Bye. office and they have a gumball machine. No, they don't. They have a, a jar of gumballs and there's a contest for you to guess how many gumballs are in the gumball jar or how many pixie sticks get it? Desert pixie pixie sticks are in the jar. So we're going to do the same thing but this time without cheating and no cheating, Lopan you guys are going to guess how many fans Jack Mangan's deadpan Facebook page has. And also, if you're currently friends with Jack Mangan, you can go to his personal Facebook page and guess how many friends Jack Mangan has. No cheating, people. It's very important. And the winner, the person who gets um, to the closest without going over, wins a cupid doll from me, you guys are pixie. So I hope you all are going to play. Go ahead and post your your answers. Hey, Jack. Paul Mackey here in the uh, Box Elder Bug. Um, 
uh, at a stoplight. Oh wait, at a go light. Um, anyway, hey, you know, so uh, so with the deadpan becoming too gross, does that mean that the that what happens is uh, during the last episode we discover that the uh, that the uh, that the, uh, the the penguin gets to continue, and it's just on the uh, it's just on the weekends uh, with the with the full color strip only. Uh, okay, I might be getting a little confused. Uh, the penguin and and the cat, right? Isn't that how it works? In the full color strip on Sundays only. I'd better hang up before I have an accident. Bye. I don't know, after much deliberation, I think Ed from Texas has convinced me. It sounds like, as powerful as some of his opponents are, that the fight would go to the Millennium Lee. Alright, so after three, we have Mush with one, Prince with one, and the Millennium Lee General Falcon with one. It's a deadlock, folks. I have to see what happens in the next two, possibly three categories, over the next two, possibly one possibly more episodes. The only thing that's certain is that it will definitely become too gross. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Good night, Mush, uh, and the rest of the contestants. Deadpan is the way. Style, my girl.